Hello listeners and welcome back to State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. My name is Stephen Payton and I'll be your guide today through the murky waters of the British Union. The date is Friday the 13th of August 2021. Let's get into it. Kicking things off this week, there's been a poll, and it's good news for the Yes Movement. The latest poll from Redfield and Wilton's Strategies has found that 42% of Scots support there being another referendum before the next Holyrood election, compared to just 40% who are opposed to that. Meaning, with Don't Knows removed, that's 51% for a referendum for recovery within the next five years. Above that though, 40% of respondents also said that they believed yes would win in the event of another referendum, with just 36% saying it would not, which would suggest that some of the folk opposed to a referendum in the next five years also aren't sure that it would be a no vote for a second time. There is clear and sustained support for a second referendum, and how could there not be, given the state of the UK under the Tories? According to a new analysis from the House of Commons Library, of all places, the union just isn't working for Scotland when it comes to social inequality, per capita wealth, productivity, pensions, poverty levels, government deficit and unemployment support. These seven markers have revealed that Scotland is increasingly falling behind other similarly sized independent nations in Europe because the UK is falling behind its neighbours in all those areas and taking Scotland with it. According to Professor Mike Danton, an economist who is the vice chair of the Jimmy Reid Foundation, Scotland is being dragged down continuously by the Westminster establishment in terms of health, happiness, prosperity, equality, press, freedom. Each of the Nordic countries recovered from the 2008 financial crisis quicker than the UK with less hardship and further damage to their people and economy. So here's the headlines from that data. The UK suffers from the worst income inequality of our neighbours. It's the least wealthy of its neighbouring countries in the 21st century. It is bottom of the league for productivity. Pensioner incomes are the least generous compared to average wages. UK families suffer under the highest poverty levels, the worst cumulative deficit and the least supportive welfare system. Your report card has been read, Britain, and you have been found lacking. The issue here really is that most of the powers that would be used to tackle these depressing statistics for the UK remain reserved with Westminster, meaning that for as long as we remain tied to the UK, our economy will be at the hands of successive British governments who clearly are failing at the day job. But while Boris Johnson and his administration repeatedly return to power over and over again despite Scotland never voting for them, actually fix any of those issues. Or will he just keep pulling meaningless stunts to try and keep Scotland stuck in a political union that clearly just doesn't work anymore? (laughs) I think we know the answer to that one. And speaking of stunts to keep the union together, Scottish author Val McDermott has hit out at the Roy family, amongst others, for thinking that having a few members swarming about Scotland will be enough to turn the tides of independence. Writing for the Times, McDermott also noted that Scotland deserves a second referendum. And she's right. We have multiple mandates to hold another referendum. Meanwhile, the UK government are only interested in making small gestures to show us all that it's really, really committed to changing this time. Except those gestures really just betray how little they are actually invested in improving the relationship between Scotland and Westminster. And if we want to talk about those mandates piling up as they are, the potential cooperation agreement between the SNP and Scottish Greens is moving toward a conclusion. While Scotland has a pro-independence majority sitting in its parliament already, this deal could cement that. 
Further, according to leaked emails this week, a New Zealand-style agreement is currently being explored in detail by civil servants, with Green MSPs potentially taking on ministerial positions within the Scottish Government without being in a formal coalition with the SNP. One of the important aspects of bringing a New Zealand-style deal to the UK for the first time will be on the Greens being able to disagree with and oppose the SNP despite being in an agreement with them. This was part of the deal between Jacinda Ardern and the Greens in New Zealand. So, here's what we can expect in the next few weeks. First up, by the 20th of August, Scottish Green Party members will be able to see the final wording of the deal ahead of deciding whether or not to formally vote to move ahead with the agreement. The vote for party members on the final deal has been pushed back to August 28th. And finally, SNP MP Tommy Shepherd has hit out at the Cabinet Office after his battle to have secret polling data on the Union released has taken another turn. This is a fight that Shepherd has been in for two years now and despite a tribunal ruling that the Cabinet Office must release the data, they have so far desperately held on to it. Now, rather than claim that they are exempt from providing the information as they had previously done so, they now say that it will be too expensive to provide the information that the MP has requested after Tommy Shepard updated the dates, uh, the range at which the information should be provided. As Shepard points out, he isn't asking for a report or analysis, just the data that already exists. The fight goes on. But that does bring us to an end this week. So with all that said and done, where does that leave the State of the Union? Like with the Cabinet Office in its fight against freedom of information requests, there's only so much longer it can hold out. See you all again next Friday.